Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Deep Dish Radio. I'm Tim Powers, and, uh, and this is my show. Hey, uh, my guest today is Bill Proctor. Was a member of the Firesign Theater, the comedy troupe that formed in the 70s and created a ton of great uh, comedy albums and some radio programs and some films, including uh, Phil is responsible for J-Men Forever, one of my favorite films that we uh, we talk about later in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the interview. I encourage you to look up J-Men Forever. Trust me, it's just a funny thing. Well, Phil is back on the show because uh, the book that he has written, his memoirs, called Where's My Fortune Cookie, which he wrote with my very good friend Brad Schreiber, available wherever you get your books, is now available uh, in, a, in a new form, uh, a podcast that Phil has made available through, uh, through his own means, and we get into that. It is, you know, if a guy like Phil Proctor puts together a book, you're going to expect that it has an audio element. And as entertaining and as crazy as the book is, uh, hearing Phil tell his own story uh, mixed in an oh-so-fire-sign way uh, is really the best way to hear the story. I encourage you to purchase the book because Phil and Brad did a phenomenal job on it. But I also encourage you to check out this podcast that Phil Proctor and I talk about in just a moment. If you enjoyed Deep Dish Radio, I encourage you to forward links to your friends, and I encourage you to leave a nice review on iTunes, because that will help other people find me. And, uh, and maybe, just maybe, you could be the start of a trend. You're a trendsetter by uh, listening to what... Deep Dish Radio and my new venture, the Coral Courts Radio Hour, presented by Deep Dish Radio, is all about. So, if you dig it, tell a friend. Ladies and gentlemen, here's my friend, Phil Proctor. Uh, Phil, the last time you and I spoke, we were we were talking about your fantastic book, "Where's My Fortune Cookie," your memoirs, and since then, uh, you've been lauded all literally all over the world, and uh, and you, you you've bounced around uh, all over the globe since you and I spoke last. But your most recent project is really really interesting to to me and to uh, to listeners of this show because it's a podcast, and you are now releasing your own podcast to the good people at Podbeam. Tell us about that. That's right. It's called the Proctor Podcast, and it's available on on Podbean dot com, which apparently is a connection to all kinds of other 
platforms uh, to launch the events, and it is my own personal reading of my book, Where's My Fortune Cookie, which, uh, as I read it in a wonderful studio in Brooklyn, uh, which was engineered by David Shin and produced by, by my other dear longtime friend, uh, uh, Sue Zizza, uh, was an opportunity to kind of update the book and correct certain mistakes that were in it. Because uh, for anybody who's ever written a book, especially an autobiography, because in this case it was co-authored by my friend Brad Schreiber, uh, there are inevitably mistakes that are going to be released because at a certain point you say, i got to get this book out there. And even though you've had copy editors looking at it and fixing things or whatever, there there are still bound to be certain factual errors that occur in the book. <laughs> and, and because I, I was forced to read it out loud, I also was forced to say, oh, wait a minute, this isn't really correct. Let me fix it so that anybody who subscribes to the podcast at podbean.com, where's my fortune cookie, is going to hear the real story. And if you then buy a copy of the book at amazon.com, you can make corrections in your own handwriting <laughs> on the book if you want to, uh, because that's really a, a wonderful, it's almost like a secret code, you know, the, the uh, Captain Midnight Ovaltine mug, or the uh, Annie, Annie Oakley, no. Little Orphan uh, Annie, the decoder ring, yeah. Yeah, it, right, exactly. Yeah, did did dot three zero four five 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 six six six. You know, exactly <laughs> as it was as was so well expressed in uh, 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 that uh, in Gene Shepard's stories, it would say buy more Ovaltine or something. Right. Yeah. Well, the corrections I made do not say buy more Ovaltine. They say. This is the real story, so you 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 might enjoy that, Tim. I'll set it up so that uh, if you buy a copy of Where's My Fortune Cookie through the Deep Dish website, uh, which has a link to Amazon, then uh, I'll also bundle in a uh, red FLIR felt tip pen. Oh so. <laughs> wow! Yeah, and if anybody wants a, an autographed copy, they can connect with me at planetproctor.com or my own personal email, phil.proctor at matt at Mac.com or me.com. And I have uh, sent many people autographed copies because they've sent me uh, their book with a, you know, a return envelope of some sort, and I've been very proud to write a personal autograph to them and send it back to them. That's fantastic. Well, then uh, we'll, we'll, we'd be glad to to make that happen. And I'm sure the folks who, uh, the hundreds of thousands of people who bought your book as a result of Deep Dish Radio will include that when yeah. they send their copy of that book to you. Now, Don't wish. <laughs> <laughs> given your, your, uh, your career and your background, uh, I'm certain, having not heard a moment of this yet, uh, that it is a dramatic reading and, and we can hear some, some Proctor voices. Yes, uh, yes. And one of the reasons why I contracted to do this with Sue Zizza, <clears throat> uh, who was one of the, the driving forces behind the Here Now Audio Festival in Kansas City, Missouri, which I just returned from with my wife, Melinda Peterson, where we had an opportunity to perform in several uh, unique uh, uh, and uh, special audio presentations, as well as a uh, a keynote presentation of David Osman and me doing 
uh, our uh, reading of The Art of Radio, which we <laughs> will be touring, apparently, with. Uh, and, and we will be appearing, apparently, in, uh, the, uh, up, in the upcoming uh, t- in, in future, I guess the upcoming time is another way to say, in the future, here in Los Angeles and other places, which I will let you know about. Uh, so, uh, uh, anyway, Sue uh, w- w- approached me to do an audio book of, of, my, uh, uh, of where's my fortune cookie. Right. And I said, great, but it has to be more than just a reading of the book. It has to be dramatized. It has to have sound effects and music, and it has to have drop-ins from Firesign Theater Records and Procter & Bergman Records. And she said, absolutely, that's what I want to do. And that's why I committed to, to do the project. So about four months ago, I flew back to Brooklyn, New York, and we recorded uh, the, the podcast, which will then be cut together into an audio release sometime in September. And, uh, and it will be different from the other audio books that you may have become accustomed to. And that's exactly what we would expect. I mean, if Phil Proctor was going to do an audio book about anything, we would expect it to be a true blue audio book instead of, you know, as much as we love your voice and as much as we love you speaking, we'd expect some frills. We really, we'd we'd expect some production value. Yeah, uh, there were many awards given out at the Here Now Festival last week in Kansas City. And basically, the, the narration... Uh, people who do these things are restricted by the uh, limitations of the uh, audiobook producers who want basically to have the book read, almost like, uh, you know, books for the blind. They want to have them read dramatically and, and in, in intensively by these very talented people who do this kind of work. But basically, they don't want to have to be responsible for production values to make it, you know, into any kind of a audio experience. It's a lot of work. Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, it's, it is what it is, and and the people who do it, who I had a chance, who are many of whom are friends of mine, and whom I had a chance to rub shoulders with uh, in Kansas City at the award presentation, uh, were very happy to receive their awards, and 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 I was happy to share, you know, the the uh, celebration with them, but. Uh, we did want to do something different, and there are people out there like Jeff Hayes, who I got to meet, who is a Kansas City native, uh, who produces his own audiobooks with, you know, fully produced fervor, sound effects and and overlapping and different characters and everything. And I I, I applaud that because I think that is really uh, it enhances the experience of the audiobook listener, even though a good narrator can definitely involve you in the story and carry you through uh, the the, uh, the experience without an automobile accident. <laughs> right? Oh, right, right. So many people are listening to these wonderful things either in their car or while they're jogging or while they're, you know, scootering or something. In fact, uh, uh, my daughter, Kristen, uh, just recently brushed some guy on a scooter or a bike or something uh, uh, while uh, here in Los Angeles, California, while he was listening to something, music or an audiobook or whatever, and had earbuds in his ear while he was navigating traffic. 
Now, I do not recommend that. No. It's kind of like texting and driving, right? You know, I, I applaud him for supporting audio theater, but I also decry the fact that he was then not aware of the cars around him and almost, you know, lost his life. So you really have to be aware of these things if you're going to enjoy uh, the benefits of our of our work. Well, and and, and what's particularly interesting about this is it's you know with a memoir, and I've and I've listened to some audio memoirs. Um, yeah. You know, as much as I love the, the 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 people who wrote them, and some of them have become friends of mine. Um, you you. Um, it, it's a monologue. It's a, it, you know, sometimes it's a two and three hour monologue. Whereas, um, with all due respect, when Phil Proctor <laughs> is going to record something, there are some, there are some very high expectations that go along with that. Yes. Uh, yes, I know. High expectations. That doesn't mean that you have to get stoned to listen to it, but I'm not saying that that wouldn't help if you have a medical marijuana, uh, you know, uh, prescription, from your doctor. <laughs> Remember, everything that, that I was involved in uh, it, with the Firesign Theater, uh, which kind of, you know, intertwined with my career as a regular actor on Broadway and off-Broadway and in television shows and cartoons later doing voices for things like the Rugrats, where I'm best known for Howard to most of the people in the world, you know. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, when I sat down with my three partners – Phil Austin, David Osman, and Peter Bergman to do the Firesign Theater. We were often weed-infused in our writing sessions. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Breaking news. The Fireside Theater was high once in a while. I think it's like broken news, Tim, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the fact is that we... Uh, we were children of the 60s and, uh, and the early 70s, and we, really, uh, we, we, we did our work at an amazing time in our cultural history in this country. And as everybody knows, because 1968 has been recently celebrated on television and in other forms, there were so many both dangerous and terrible and wonderful things going down at that time. And there was indeed a youth revolution happening where we all kind of felt, you know, regardless of what our backgrounds were, whether we came from Yale, uh, Ivy League background like I did, or 
other, you know, colleges or high schools or no education at all. The young people were basically enjoying a revolution of spiritual possibilities uh, and and new kinds of sexual adventures and uh, social interactions and everything, which we hoped would would uh, displace the old gray-haired people who were running our country and would lead to a kind of a new evolution of uh, political and social manifestations in our country. Well, it didn't happen. It really didn't happen. And we, we had to admit that at a certain point. But at least we made the effort, and many of us have continued to be jesters to the court that exists, uh, you know, creating satirical comedy. And I must say that uh, if you turn on your late-night television shows, all of those crazy people out there talking about, you know, the, the present administration and what's going on, uh, carry on the Fireside Theater satirical tradition in the modern world. And I'm proud to be part of it. It, it brings in an interesting question, and I think we, we, we touched a little bit on this uh, the last time we spoke, but, you, you know, you talk about the, the Fireside tradition. Um, what's your take on contemporary 21st century satire? Well, I think that, of course, it's been limited and restricted by the the growing awareness of the the celebration of the diversity of our society which is a good thing but on the other hand the fact that people have become so sensitive to the satirical representation of the minorities who make up in who will soon make up the majority of our civilization uh uh, that people are, are overly sensitive to our acknowledgement of their uh, uh, contribution to our society. And the fact that, you know, people find it difficult to do dialects about people. You know, it is difficult, to, for instance, to speak in, you know, an Indian dialect if you are not, you know, really Indian or, you know, Asian dialect if you're not really Asian or Russian dialect if you're not really Russian. But the fact is that those of us who have that talent are, are praising and uh, acknowledging the, the power and uh, progression of uh, the effect of people of different ethnicities on our country. And it goes the same with sexual realities, you know, women and men and, and those of other uh, designations who decide to that they who understand that they may come from a different place uh, in, in their uh, in their sexual identity. All of these things are revolutionary in their way in our 21st century, and they need to be acknowledged and they need to be loved. But at the same time, uh, you have to understand that comedians and satirists who embrace this understanding, should be free to also express that reality in comedy. And that's one thing which has not been respected, by, in my opinion. No, especially in, in 
I suppose, for lack of a better term, what's commercially available comedy. Uh, your stage comedy, sometimes your your local improv theaters or your Upright Citizens Brigade or the, or the, the stage yeah. sketch movement that's really taken off in New York and L.A. and Chicago – uh, still has, uh, still carries a lot of the traditional satire elements, but what you would get across your very narrow casted 167 channels uh, of of television, um, maybe the point you're trying to make is it's it's it has to be watered down in respect to uh, uh, the the sensitivities uh, of the in, of the of the Wait. audience. You're stuttering, and I'll tell you why. Okay. What basically is <laughs> what we're being asked to do now is to allow people of those real ethnicities to express themselves comedically, and I totally embrace that, right? Absolutely. And, and that's happening. But what, what has happened that is, I think, not uh, correct is that, that people have become too sensitive to the fact that comedians acknowledge that reality and, and embrace that reality and want to, you know, in, the, in, in our own ways, uh, promote that reality. That's all I'm saying. Ah, you know. okay. Got it? Yes, very, very clear. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, you, you go back through, through the history of American satire uh, from, you know, uh, even the Marx Brothers. Where, uh, you know, a duck soup is a, is even today uh, prescient for for what it has to say. Or yeah. uh, there's a there's a film I'm sure you've you've seen Diplomaniacs, the Wheeler and Wolsey film from uh, from RKO, which was Absolutely. done about the sure. okay. Uh, it it ends with I, I showed it to a friend of mine recently who had never seen it, and it ends with uh, an old time minstrel show. Yes, of course, and, I know. Bizarre is that. Uh, but when you think about the Marx Brothers, you remember uh, one of them is, is pretending to be an Italian. <laughs> That's right. These are four Jewish kids, yep. you know, brothers who got together to do this, and uh, and one of them, of course, is, is playing an Italian character. The other one is mute, you know. So we don't want to make fun of mutes, right. do we? Right. Nope. You know, and and uh, and uh, Groucho is. Definitely a, a Jewish comedian from that wonderful tradition of Jewish comedy. So you know, come on, it's all about the 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 time and the influences on the society of the immigrants at the time who colored and created comedy in uh, the culture that uh, that people were immersed in at that particular time, and it was celebrated. Right. Okay. So we should celebrate it. We shouldn't be, you know, so so sensitive about it because uh, comedy is really about a celebration of differences. That's what makes things funny. Most of the early comedy in vaudeville was a city slicker uh, who was trying to. Uh... Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com To outwit a, a, a new immigrant from some other country. Right. And invariably in the skits that were created then, the immigrant would pull the wool over the eyes of the city slicker. So it was a reversal. Even Abbott and Costello, even though they're not ethnic in their comedy, it's quite clear that Costello uh, comes from an Italian background, and Abbott is like a, a city slicker. You know, he's a guy who's trying to con his partner all the time. It's a classic vaudeville uh, take, and and it's as funny now as it ever was. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you you've built a, a a very strong your theater career absolutely, but your your voiceover career um, has has obviously been uh, been huge. And one of the things that has gotten you a lot of work is your ability to do dialect. Um, that is correct. Yes, you are absolutely right. C'est vrai, monsieur. And also, you know, to be able to speak in many languages, io posso parlare italiano anche. So, you know, I was born, which you will learn if you buy my book, Where's My Fortune Cookie, where I talk about my Irish and Amish ancestry, right. my upbringing in Goshen, Indiana. I was born with this ability to hear music and repeat it, and also from that to be able to mimic dialects and languages and it was it's a great gift from god and i've honored it all my life and it's not over yet by the way uh, <laughs> and it, it has led you know it helped to color and direct my career over 60 years i've been in in what we call the show business for 60 years uh, plus because i started as a child actor on a live television show called uncle danny reads the funnies on WPIX-TV in New York City, where there was no script. We basically improvised to the reading of comic strips that were printed in the Daily News. And that training, that early training, or that early opportunity for me to kind of have fun uh, on television uh, was basically something that I've never stopped doing, and I still am able to do it in various other forms, uh, in... in uh, work on, on uh, television shows and animated features and Disney features and Pixar features and all of that. So it was a great gift that I was able to embrace thanks to my loving parents and the people around me. And it has, as you'll see in the book, Where's My Fortune Cookie, available at Amazon.com, you'll see how it led me uh, both spiritually and psychically to the point where I am at today. And if you want to get a good taste of the book, 
then uh, if you want to get a good taste of what it's like to read the book, then we're going to direct you over to uh, the, the new podcast at podmean.com where you can subscribe to Where's My Fortune Cookie, the podcast. And actually, Tim, as you know, the very first chapter is about how I and my partner Peter Bergman, half the wits of the Firesign Theater, survived a mass shooting at the Golden Dragon Restaurant in San Francisco in 1977, where five people were killed and 11 people were wounded, which was at that time the worst mass shooting in American history. Hello? All right. And, and the, the point of the book is that that event was psychically predicted to me by a friend of mine named Sharon. And the story of that event is how the book kicks off. And then from there on, you're on a pretty wild ride, which I hope you will enjoy and subscribe to. Well, I've read the book. I enjoyed it. I don't endorse many, many things, but I'm going to endorse, uh, you know, Phil Proctor's book. Uh, pick it up. And as you go through it, as you go through the book, as you go through the podcast, keep in mind that the uh, the fortune cookie plays through the narrative and comes back <laughs> many, many, many times. I don't want to give it away, but there's a story right at the end of the book that just makes you go, oh, that doesn't happen to everybody, but it happens to Phil. And those are the kinds of stories that you're going to want to hear. Uh, and if you're a big fan of podcasts, if you're a big fan of Firesign, if you're a big fan of audio theater, and if you're if you're not, why are you listening to this show? Uh, you, uh, right, you, are, Jim. <laughs> you you need to check it out because it's at podbean.com, uh, and um, and you should check it out right away. Anything else we need to know about uh, about Podbean and how they can uh, how they can subscribe or what's involved? Well, listen, you can, you can find out what I'm up to if you go to planetproctor.com, planetproctor.com. And if you want to uh, purchase Firesign Theater material and see what we're up to, we're at firesigntheater.com. Now, the one thing that is exciting in Firesign Theater's life is that the Library of Congress, which had previously inducted one of our most famous albums, don't crush that dwarf, hand me the pliers into the historical, or should I say hysterical recordings, just purchased our archives for half a million dollars. Wow. Wow. So, so be there or be square. That's all I can say. There you go. That's 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 where it's at. Uh, Firesign Theater material is available uh, from from the Firesign Theater website from Planet Proctor. Get to Planet Proctor right away, and uh, and keep up to date with the a million things that Phil is always involved in. But most importantly, today, get that book, get that podcast. Phil, it's always a pleasure, my friend. We look forward to to keeping up with your travels and your adventures, and uh, you know, use us anytime anytime you'd like. Oh, can I plug one more thing that you haven't even mentioned yet? What? Night Flight is back on the air. Look for it on the, Yay, the IFC nice channel. Star. And, uh, in fact, the very first airing had clips of uh, Proctor and Bergman's J-Men Forever. J-Men Forever, where we overdubbed a whole bunch of cliffhanger serials, and it's become a cult favorite, which is wonderful. Still still fun to watch, and, uh, and, 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 and I can remember it was still fun to do. So please, watch that if you can. There you go. Thanks a lot, Phil. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.